on your handsome faces. Grace, peace, and welcome to Force Fest 2020. I am Nick Milkey. And I'm Steve Renault. I'm sorry, Nick. I'm all caught, all, caught up in this. <laughs> That's right. We're excited. We are here. It is Force Fest, and we are here to talk about faith and the Force, and we're going to get to that in just a few minutes. But I want to yes. welcome everybody who is joining us. I want to welcome in those that are in the live chat. We're going to try and keep up with that as we go along, maybe take questions, get some folks plugged in. But first, I want to introduce our guest, our other panelists. The Reverend, almost soon to be Dr. Lane Davis, is with us tonight. Lane, what's up? Yeah. Hey, how are y'all? I'm great. I'm doing very well. Thank you. We are excellent. We are thrilled for you to be here. And for those of y'all that are joining us, if you don't know Steve and I, Steve and I are a part of a podcast called Podcast of the Wills. And we like to say that it is a podcast that treats Star Wars like a sacred text. We and treat that as if that was our Bible study. So we look at the lesson movies that can teach us things that inform who we are as people in this universe, in this world that we live in. And we also do more than our fair share of nerding out and ridiculously long trailer reviews, anything like that. Um, Lane is finishing up a PhD program, Whoa. which is exciting because just this very week, my good friend Steve Renault started a PhD program. Started a DMIN program. So, I'm not as smart as Lane David. Okay. Well, <laughs> well you're, you're both going we to be doctors see. and I will never be a doctor. So. But what that leads to is I have two people much smarter than me here tonight so that we can talk about faith and the force. Uh, before we do that, I want to remind everybody that's watching that Force Fest is taking place right now because Star Wars Celebration was canceled due to the quarantine and the coronavirus and the pandemic and all the things that we are all going through around the country. And so I'm super thankful to the organizers of Force Fest who put this event together. There have been a ton of panels throughout the day today. I have been able to check in on some of them and they have all been great. There's a bunch more tomorrow. Yeah. I believe when it's all said and done, there's going to be about 60 panels that took place over the course of these two days. So we're super thankful to be a part of that and to have this opportunity to do a panel ourselves. Um, we also want to point out that part of Force Fest is existing to also raise money for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And that is a foundation near and dear to many people's hearts around the world, around the country, and they do amazing work. And so throughout the course of this weekend, there are links. You can see them in the live chat. I also want to acknowledge John, who is our administrator. I like to say he's our producer because it makes this feel a lot more official, like we're a big time you know, deal. We don't have a producer on our podcast. Steve does most of the heavy lifting on that end. Um, I don't know, man. John you have been, you've been picking things. up the slack. I've been dropping it lately. I'm thankful for you. <laughs> well. John is keeping us going tonight on Force Fest, and we're thankful for that. He's going to keep that link for Make-A-Wish up there, so we hope that y'all can donate and contribute to that wonderful cause. We really appreciate that. And um, we're going to jump in. We are talking tonight about faith and the Force. And as I thought about this over the course of the last several weeks, as we got prepared for this event and the excitement of what we could do, Something kept sticking out in my head, and it was the and in the middle of that title of this panel, Faith and the Force. Mm. And so what I think we're going to end up talking about tonight are those two things as separate entities in the Star Wars universe, but then how those two paths kind of both diverge and cross over each other at various points throughout the Star Wars saga, throughout the movies, any, any of the different places that we have seen it. And I 
think that there obviously there's so much there you know all of star wars is built around this idea of the force this mystical you know steve if you want to you can give us the yoda you know the yoda <laughs> quote about the speech that, that you're so good at reciting for us oh i have, um, to, I have to pull my notes up i don't know if i can do it from memory but uh <laughs> we, we won't put you too much on the spot <laughs> but uh real but, quick we've had a few people thought, in the chat nick yeah. asked kind of lane where are you what are you doing with your phd work and and what am I? And yes, I was not making fun of a demon at all. They are just <laughs> demons, and PhDs uh, take up a, a different amount of time of one's life. And and so, Lane, if you wanted to share uh, briefly, kind of uh, your background, and and then Nick will do you, and then me, because we might have some folks no, who are not who are not used to us. So, please, yeah. and that's why I'm glad you're looking at the chat. Yeah, I, I will. I will introduce myself. Yes. So, um, as Nick said, my name is Lane, and I'm um, working on my PhD at, at Southern Methodist University in Dallas, Texas, and I study mostly American religious history. Um, so it's sort of a dual track in both religion and in American history, and just how those go together. But also history of Christian doctrine and things things of that nature as well. So, um, yeah, that keeps me busy. All right, Nick, you want to let us know about you and other well, than being my wife's youth director three centuries ago. That's right. Oh, I was too. That's right. I long. That's, that's, that's right. Lane was as well. Yeah, that's how, that's how Nick, yeah. I mean, Nick and I know each other for a, a long time ago, but we did that together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's Steve's wife. I was only a year older Steve, than I think uh, Steve's wife, though. So, <laughs> Steve's wife was in my youth group when I was a youth minister in college, and then years later we ended up working together because she became a Methodist pastor, and I was in youth ministry for a whole bunch of years. And I, she likes to talk about how I was her youth director, and she's known me for half her life. But at the same time, I like to point out that she was my boss, and she always argues that no, she wasn't. Um, but I was in youth ministry for a whole bunch of years. I work in nonprofit now, and I do not have a PhD or a DMIN. Um, I am just a dude. I have four daughters and an amazing wife, so I am completely outnumbered in my household. And I have my little corner of Star Wars that you can see behind me, and I do a podcast with Steve. And I do a podcast with Nick, and I'm Steve. I'm an ordained... United Methodist elder that's kind of like a, a pastor or a priest in the United Methodist Church and I started a demon at Duke University uh, this week and so I'm kind of freaking out and uh, but no classes today that was weird and uh, looking at hopefully uh, writing a thesis on the role of lay orders from the primitive church uh, into the modern era and how laity have been used for ministry and not just the ordained so uh, but and, and also, uh, Nick talked about uh, faith in the force. We actually have a podcast. We'll try to uh, post that after this, uh, where we dove into faith and the force. Uh, a couple of years ago, we did that. And uh, one of the things that we did was, of course, in Star Wars, everybody has some form of faith, I would say. But some people have faith in the force. Uh, and some people have faith in other things. Han Solo has faith in the Millennium Falcon. Uh, and in his blaster. Uh, and so I, I think it's an interesting thing that just because we're talking about faith, it doesn't necessarily mean religious. Faith is what you put trust in, what you put right. belief into. Uh, or does anybody want to push back on me with that? I, I That's exactly where I was kind of coming with my idea of faith and the force. We've got both of those things. Han Solo, especially as we see in the beginning of Star Wars itself, 
it's a bunch of you know hokey nonsense, ancient religions right hokey nonsense things that he didn't believe in and he even says it in that quote that we love so much ancient religions are no match for a good blaster by your side like that was where his faith was his faith was in the millennium falcon a gun by his side chewbacca who was his loyal companion and his wits and his you know his ability to get out of a situation to shoot first to do the things that he did that was where han solo's faith was he became a convert essentially over the course of his journey through the star wars saga we see that in force awakens when he's talking to ray and finn on the millennium falcon and you know i thought that was all made up and he gives that little speech and he says it's true all of it the faith you know or the force the jedi so he was truly a convert for what we would see, you know, in our religious worlds today, he was a non-believer or he didn't think it was a big deal. And then he was convinced because he had a religious experience. He had a conversion of some form or fashion. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting to have kind of his arc from episode four, uh, all the way to, uh, uh, to the force awakens, almost standing in the same room in the same spot, saying uh you know it's true from hokey religions and and uh and it's also interesting you know something i've, I've been uh doing my coursework this week it's interesting to talk about faith and you know faith is great but it's not as good as a blaster by your side and this question of non uh of uh protesting non-violent protesting and and use of force um and so uh, th that might be an, another interesting dimension uh if we want to take uh uh, down that rabbit hole, but we don't necessarily have to do that. Nick, you are you're the captain of the ship. I'm just uh, I'm just Chewbacca. Well, and that, that's all right. Well, I, I like where we've started out, and I think this idea of what are the things, what are the examples of faith, not necessarily the Force, or maybe faith faith in the Force. It's going to be a tongue twister all night. I can tell already. What are some of the examples of faith? that stand out to either of you, I don't care who goes first, over the course of the Star Wars saga, and we can throw in Solo and Rogue One in there as well. What are some really standout, you know, as people who grew up with these movies, as some of us who think about it way too much with our free time, you know, what are those key keystones of faith that you see throughout these movies? Lane, what about you? Yeah, so I, I think it's a great line of questioning, and I think what comes to mind is I think you're absolutely right that everybody in the Star Wars universe has faith in something. And I actually tend to first think about the Empire and what do they have uh, faith in? Because in a sense, um, I think you could look at the Empire as, as um, a vision of a very secularized society. Right. Um, mm -hmm. But but what they ultimately have faith in is is power. They, they ultimately have faith in um, our guns are bigger and our um, our battleships are uh, way more uh, better at blowing things up. And our Death Star can destroy your planet. <laughs> and so it, it's a it's it's faith fully in, in the technology that they have been able to um, that they have been able to put together and its technology and just the overwhelming force. Uh, that they not the force, but the force, the the the, the force of violence, basically that they're able to have mm -hmm. uh, in, in the empire, um, and in a sense, the faith that um, you have to have as a rebel, or that um, you know, without even getting into uh, without even getting into the faith that you would have as a Jedi, is is really 
um, a, a faith that uh, that says pa- uh, might does not make right. Uh, right. That it's uh, th- that it's not just a, a matter of how many guns you, you have, but uh, that you're able to um, stand up for what is right and have faith in what is right. And that will actually win the day. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where I've, I've started out thinking about this whole this whole topic. So I, I agree. I think everything right. that you see from the empire, this technological terror that you've created. So technology <laughs> and the order exactly. and everything, it all flows to this desire of the power to control the chaos, um, and uh, and and so that's 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 where the empire puts their faith. Now the emperor puts his faith in a very different place, and so you kind of have that disconnect between uh, the empire and the emperor. Uh, but you you definitely have this sense of power. Yes, Nick, what's up? So so let me put you on the spot on that right now. What does the emperor himself put his faith in? Because the emperor, as a general rule, is what we've seen. He's the puppet master. He's this long con. We've, he's been running things from episode one all the way through what we've seen in episode nine. Is it he puts his faith in himself? Where, where does the emperor put his faith? Let me, let me see where we, what I can get out of you on that. I think he puts his faith in himself uh, Whereas if you are a Jedi, you realize that the force um, flows through you as the emperor. He ultimately believed that the force did not flow through him, but that uh, he could he could manipulate and use the force in a way that was his 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 prerogative for power. That's that's what I think his ultimate. So it's it's a distortion of how one uses faith in a sense. Mm hmm. Absolutely. R- Rural farm, bo- farm boy in the chat puts it Palpatine turns his faith inward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much. It's a yeah, it's a it's an individualism, a, a, a uh, yes, a, a, um, a, a rabid individualism in a way, I guess. It's uh, um, it's what Luther at the same time. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say at the same time, he's turning that faith inward. But we have these little glimpses of maybe his uncertainty where he's telling the tale of Darth Plagueis the Wise, where he's trying to do all of these Sith-like things to try and prolong, you know, is that faith in himself that makes him want to try and clone himself and come back again and do these other, you know, or is that simply, I don't know. That's a, that's kind of a funny thing to me to see, you know, there is that faith in himself, but then where does that manifest in his weak moments? Is it learning the ancient Sith arts to try and keep himself alive or something else. Steve, I cut you off. What were you going to say? Well, I think I, I was just agreeing. I think the, uh, that the emperor turns his faith in uh, upon himself. And, and uh, that's what Luther, uh, the founder of the catalyst of the Protestant movement uh, would say is uh, one's heart curling in upon itself. This kind of putting your trust back into yourself and not into something out external to you. Um, I don't, I don't think that, um, I don't think that, I don't think that uh, Palpatine necessarily puts faith in the dark side. I think he puts his, his faith in his control and his domination of the, of the dark side of the force. And so, uh, you know, you kind of have this light side interpretation of trusting in the force, whereas you have this dark side of interpretation of the force of dominate it, control it, order it. And that very much flows to you. You do those things for power. Um, I mean, 
at the end when uh, at the end uh, of episode three as he is attacking uh mace windu he's yelling unlimited power uh, <laughs> and so i mean that that is what he wants and uh and i do agree with rule farm boy i think they just need to put pelagius in canon and uh <laughs> lucina's book was just top notch on that uh and and yeah that, that goes that book goes a lot into uh the dark side and faith and things of that nature um but i would say that leia puts her faith in the rebellion Okay, and I want to come to that, but I want to tack on one thing to the faith in the the faith of the empire, the evil empire, as we sometimes call it. The two sides of that that I see is you have the Sith, you have Vader, you have the Emperor, you have these almost gods among us type situation that these that the soldiers, the generals, the Moff Tarkins, the you know all these different people that are working for them, subjugated to them in some form or fashion. But you get these little hints of not taking them seriously or not necessarily being scared of them that scene in star wars in the boardroom don't be so proud of this technological terror he chokes him he puts him back in his place but what about those the soldiers the empire the stormtroopers where is there is their faith in what lane's talking about the technology the weapons matthew in the chat said it you know the technocratic nature of it all is there you know are they necessarily having faith in these supernatural Jedi leaders, Sith leaders, or is that kind of a, a constant struggle that we're seeing? Because you do see those moments when they kind of go, I, um, what's his name in Last Jedi? When when Snoke is killed, Kylo's down for a second, and he walks up there with that blaster, and he's getting ready to put him down because he's like, this is my chance to get free of these guys. That There's a struggle there that I wonder if that plays into some of this conversation about faith on the side of the evil empire. Hux, yes, Hux. <laughs> um, I, you know, for me, I, I think the best kind of, I wonder what the, what's going on in the foot soldier's head uh, sort of thing is, um, I, I think the best place you can find that is Lost Stars. Uh, it was a YA novel. I don't know if any of y'all have gotten to read that. It was done very well, especially if you go into reading it as a YA novel. I think it might have been Claudia Gray's um, first um first novel in the star wars universe but it it basically what what the empire represents for these kids that come from uh, this kind of like uh distant part of the galaxy is the empire brings so much goodness to them and 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 they and claudia grace goes right into like the first empire day and when the empire lands and there's rejoicing and people are like this is great it's going to bring commerce to our to our sector uh it's going to bring order to us and, and kind of and so for many people the empire was stability and and up, upward mobility uh and it's why you had uh so in, in that book so many people seemingly sign on and, and if you've not read lost stars it's great it's kind of like star wars meets hogwarts because uh, you got kind of like the the imperial schools, and it does a really good job of tacking along through the original uh, trilogy. But you know, I, I think that that's the best, and I'm sure there are other ones out there. But I think that that's the best kind of. I wonder what that random stormtrooper, you know, what does he believe in, or that that sure. tie pilot, what 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 do they believe in? And that's really what uh, Lost Stars goes through, and it and it goes through like them it goes through people talk, thinking about like holy cow we just blew up a planet on the death star 
and what are we calling this thing? It's a Death Star. Like, and so the people coming to like realization of, um, and then you also have people's reaction of like the re the rebels just blew up our Death Star. We we knew people on that. We knew good people who were on that. There's even a character in the in the uh, book who is an uh, Alderanian who is part of the firing sequence to blow up his home planet. And okay. so um, you have you have a lot of this question of you have some characters who walk away and join the rebellion. You have some characters who kind of double down and stay with the Empire. But the crux of that book, the answer I think Claudia Gray would give, and we, we tried to get Claudia on the show, but um, <laughs> the answer that Claudia Gray would give is, is that, you know, the Empire for a lot of people was a liberation from kind of uh, this, uh, you know, backwards rock age to this modernity, chaos, commerce, you know, things looking brighter. And uh, and so I, I think for many people, it would be like, well, I mean, what's wrong with the empire? They're so removed from the emperor and and so removed from Vader uh, that all they see is the modernity and, and the connectivity of, of what what can be offered. Cleaning up the corruption of the Jedi. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, 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 let's transition that because you started with Leia where. Give us that thought that you started when I cut you off. I mean, Leia has to have, uh, I mean, at the beginning of it, of course, her her father is alive, right? Um, and so I, I think that probably uh, we don't get this, but I, I would say that for Leia in the beginning, the faith, the trust is put into her father, who is heading up the rebellion. But of course, when her father dies, kind of the home base of the rebellion is squashed out as, is, is, you know, vaporized. She has to place her faith somewhere. Um, and it, it, to me, it becomes clear that she places it in the rebellion, which is the sense that, that this thing all needs to come crashing down. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think the rebellion would seem by other people as why are you disrupting a good life? Uh, things are going relatively well. Um, and so, but I, I would say that's where she puts her, her faith and she puts her faith in a, uh, you know, a punchy little droid named R2-D2. <laughs> the hero of it all, R2-D2. He is. I think her, I, I, th I think her arc is interesting because I think Steve's absolutely right. You know, for, for the original films that, that that is where her faith is. But by the, by the end of her arc in the sequels, by episode nine, you see her putting her faith uh, mm -hmm. into the other people in her, in her life. And in, and in a way I found that very poignant. And of course, even though because of circumstances, you know, Leia couldn't play as big a part in the final movie because of Carrie Fisher's death and all, and all of that. I mean, I, I, you almost wonder what, what role, bigger role she could have played. Um, but I, I found it to be a poignant, a, a poignant moment as as she is handing lightsabers over to the next generation of Jedi, and it and it almost makes me think, okay, this is this is in a sense a model for how uh, many of us, I think, find the trajectory of our lives. Uh, we we often put our faith into large organizations or political parties or movements or all of this and. And at some point, we there's a maturity that happens, and I hope I hope to get there myself one day, 
uh, in which we realize that that really the faith that we have to pass on is not just in in these human-made things that we've built, but in the people that are around us too. And I think that's that's the that was a mark of Leia's maturity as well mm-hmm. as a leader, um, not just to put faith in the organization that she's in charge of as a general, but um, but in but it truly in the people that she's mentoring up. And and so in the end of Last Jedi, we see her kind of putting faith into Poe um, mm-hmm. when he when he yeah. in her opinion when he earned it, because yeah. at the beginning of the film, Poe yes. very much uh, kind of had a, a very bad understanding of faith. He had faith. He had faith in his own abilities, but to a destructive measure. Um, and uh, he had faith that he had all the answers. And um, and that that led to some very poor decisions by, by Poe. And, uh, and basically saying, based, you know, that he was not in a place where Leia could have put her faith in him until the end. Uh, but no, I mean, at the end of Last Jedi, you very much have Leia putting her faith into Poe, Finn, Rose, Ray. Um, and, uh, and, and that was done, I think, fairly well. I mean, it was a little tongue in cheek when she was like, follow him. But I mean, it's literally her saying, no, not just follow him out of the cave, but right. why are you looking at me? You need to be following him now. That's a huge line of faith. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that, and Matthew just said this in the chat and it was running through my head while Lane was talking. I love that line in Last Jedi when Yoda shows up with Luke at the burning tree and they're talking about Ray, and he says, we are what they grow beyond. That's the burden of any master. And it's that handing off. I mean, we're all parents. We have kids and we're in that mode now. Lane, you talked about big organizations, political systems, you know, governmental systems, whatever it is but I've got a system within my house and I've got these kids that I hope that I'm going to, you know, I have faith that I'm going to send, I have to have faith that I'm sending them out into the world prepared to be better than me, to grow beyond me. Because if I don't have that faith, I'm just going to fall apart because I'm never going to let them go anywhere. And we're going to live in this house till we all just rot and die. And I can't do that to them. I can't do that to me. Yeah. And, and in a sense, that's exactly, I, I think to go back, to the last uh, question, see what you were talking about. I think in a sense that at least in the films and I'm not as, as deep into the books and sort of the, the extended universe. So at least what the films portray the empire as is really w- when you see the stormtroopers, um, uh, you, you have this uh, complete lack of identity, right? We don't know who they are. We never, we never fully know who they are or what they, what they are about. And I was thinking about a scene in the, um, uh, Rise of Skywalker, in which Finn and and mm-hmm. Janna are talking, and it's that when they realize that, hey, oh, you are a stormtrooper too. It's and it's it's like this this realization that um, the the reason I left is because I have this identity, and like they're sharing their identity with each other, and that's what distinguishes the rebellion from the Empire in many ways, because at least in the film world. Uh, the empire steals mm-hmm. identity, and the the rebellion oh, actually gives identity. The transition so from that uh, been two one eight is two one eight seven to Finn, yes. right? I, I can't call yeah, you that. Yeah, You're yeah. because the, the uh, I recognized he was a person. Yeah, dehumanizes, and in some ways, the rebellion re right. uh, humanizes. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, the question the chat room that I thought was really interesting is. Uh, Tradition gets innovated by real people. What we we 
we are what we what uh, they grow beyond. I heard a great line this week in, in one of my classes, and it's tradition is the living faith of the dead. So it's the faith from those who have gone before that is passed mm -hmm. down through the generations. And, and I think that in American culture, especially, we have this very individualized faith. Faith is mine. It's kind of I've forged it. It's artificial. I've, I've made it myself. Whereas is that understanding of faith is and, and what we're talking about here is, is that faith is something that can be handed down in a sense. Um, and, and, and what we're talking about, there's two very different understandings, I think, of, of faith. The, the full quote is traditionalism is the dead faith of the living. Tradition is the living faith of the dead. Uh, so I thought that's pretty interesting. Um, but uh, but now I, I think that Leah uh, uh, and, and many people have have this faith um, in the rebellion and in, in people in the rebellion, not just in the rebellion itself. You know, like I, I, I still love the scene and the greatest rebellion character ever, I think is Admiral Raddus. Uh, I mean, it's, you know, Amon Calamari meets Winston Churchill. And um, and you have this scene of, of basically Rogue One, Jen Urso has gone to Scarif. And what does Raddus do? He doesn't mm -hmm. say, well, I'm gonna, he just, he just walks out the back door and gets his armada and heads to Scarif. Uh, that's a massive faithful movement on Adam mm -hmm. uh, on Admiral Radice's part to believe that I need to be there. Um, and, and and still, that's one of the most beautiful space dogfights I've ever seen them do. But um, but you know, there's a lot of faith in that, even in the progression of Rogue One, that ending as they're passing the disc from here to there to there. There's a lot of sense of you know, I'm not going to make it, but I'm going to give this to you. And I believe that you will make it. And even though it kind of gets passed three, four times, there's that sense of literally passing on uh, the Death Star plans. You're right. And I think um, as we're in the Rogue One area, and you mentioned it, and it kind of ties in with Poe as well, especially and shout out to Alex Segura, if you have not read Poe Dameron Freefall yet. Yes. I highly, I highly recommend everybody do it. It really is a great book. Um, fills in those gaps about Poe. But what you talked about, as Poe took that transition from the beginning of Last Jedi, he made mistakes. He he believed in himself more than anything else. And, oh, I can do, we can do this. We have the opportunity to take out this giant ship. And Leia says to him, at what cost? And so there were mistakes made in this faith that he had in himself. Another example, as we're talking about Rogue One, talking about Radis, is Galen Erso. Galen Erso made a lot of mistakes. He flip-flopped. He was a part of the Empire. He's an Imperial scientist. He did all these things. He designed the Death Star. But when it came down to it, he had faith to hide that flaw in the middle of the Death Star with the faith and hope that somebody would find it or he'd have the ability at some point to get that word out there for somebody to activate that, to trigger that you know, explosion. And it was you know, realized in Jen and the way that story plays out. Um, but that's, to me, that brings up the idea of faith in the face of the mistakes that you've made and faith in the idea of, you know, I've done these wrong things, but I still have a path to go on. Poe went down a dark path for a minute before he became the rebellion hero that he would become. And, you know, I think there's a big connection there as well. Well, you could even, I mean, so when we did our discussion on faith, we just did it for like a snippet in, in episode four, right? But I mean, you could even look at faith and mistakes 
and and just the relationship, the various relationships that people have with Anakin Skywalker and Darth Vader, right? So you have Qui-Gon having this massive amount of faith, mm-hmm. and you have Obi-Wan really not having that faith in him. Reluctantly having that faith. Or, you know, did he really have faith in him, or did he have a... I think he had a loyalty to his master. A loyalty to, to Qui-Gon. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you, you had Luke's... You, you, I mean, you clearly see that Obi-Wan has lost faith because by, um, you know, uh, Return of the Jedi, uh, Obi-Wan is saying, you know, he's, he's, he's more machine than man. He's lost, right? It, 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 don't go after him. Don't, it, there's no hope for him. And Luke's saying, I can't do that. I, I, gotta, I, I gotta have faith that, uh, that I can bring him back, that there's still good in him, there's still light in him. And so, I mean, you constantly see just how people respond and how they uh, interact with Anakin Skywalker and Darth Vader um, that, uh, you know, you constantly have this understanding of different levels of faith and broken faith and misplaced faith. And uh, I mean, even the emperor had misplaced faith in Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that's uh, to me, that's the person who carries all the way through uh, the, the, the three trilogies is is basically the complexity of Anakin Skywalker and Darth Vader, um, because he is still a massive deal even in the third trilogy, um, even though it's it's his ghost that is kind of haunting. So I, I think that that's a, a important thing is to is to note that that throughout the whole trilogies you have, you know, you have Ray believing in things, Finn believing in things. Um, and uh and 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 so this whole this whole uh thing is about trilogy it is about this whole trilogy is about faith that's mm-hmm. that's, that's what this all is um absolutely well, and i think one of the hallmark moments in the empire strikes back which of course we all love so much and you know if you were to say pick a top three or four or five you know faith moments throughout the course of this trilogy one of them is Luke and Yoda in the Dagobah swamp. The X-Wing is sunk. Luke's trying to get it out and he can't do it. And Yoda does it and he gives him the judge me by your size and this and that. But when he pulls it out and that thing flies across, you know, glides over his head and sits down on the ground, he just turns around and looks at him and he says, I don't believe it. And Yoda looks at him and he says, that's why you fail. And, you know, to me, that's the number one faith moment probably in all of Star Wars as a kid growing up and seeing that, like, I think that stuck with me somewhere and went, you know, all the Yoda stuff, do or do not, there is no try, but that stuck, like you didn't believe it. And so of course you can't do it. And I tell my kids all the time, I want you to believe in yourself when they struggle in school and they're having a hard time with math. I'm constantly telling them, I know how smart you are. I want you to believe that you're that smart too, that confidence thing that you're trying to build in preteens. And, but we have it as adults. I'm almost 42 years old and I still have moments where I go, I need to think back to that scene and remind myself to have faith in myself I mean, and my people around is. me. It's based in the word fidelity of faith. Confidence is mm-hmm. having faith in oneself. Mm-hmm. Um, For sure. And um, one of the things that I, I preach a lot from my pulpit is, uh, is churches are really good about having faith in God. Uh, <laughs> but churches are terrible about having faith in themselves. And that God would have chosen them for a task to do something. You know, it, it's not, you know, when you when you talk to a church of, hey, 
let's uh, let's build uh, showers for a homeless ministry, or let's let's uh, let's let's do this, let's do that. I, I never hear somebody say, I, "I don't, I don't think, I, I don't believe God can do this." It's, I don't think we can do that. Uh, and and so what you you know, the problem with the church today, and you'll hear a lot of people talk about the decline of the church and the reason for that. I, I think the problem with the church today is is a faith problem, not a faith problem in God. I think problem the church today is a faith problem in itself um but i might be wrong on that uh mm-hmm. but um but i i think that a lot of religion right now is is questioning who it is and what it is because let's face it uh religion is is on the decline in america right now uh and so it's not having the impact that it once had but that doesn't mean it means it can continue to have an impact just in a very different way um, Absolutely, and that's why this this Star Wars to me is this amazing thing because it can broaden the conversation of faith. There are people who are Star Wars fans who are not religious, but speak yeah, right. in very very religious ways about the Force and 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 whether we like it or not. And I, I say that I like it. Star Wars has shaped how we believe and see the world in some fashion, and so. Uh, so that's 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 my that's my soapbox on that. <laughs> it's it's a good soapbox. We're glad to stand on it with you. Um, well, and we have this idea too, and we hear about this a little bit in the journals of the wills and the things that we know about that from books. We see in Rogue One, we see Jeddah and the temple at Jeddah, and we t- we hear about the face of the force of uh, the faith of the force of others, and how there's this idea that we're all a connecting point in the force, whether we believe in it, whether we, you know, like you said, there are a lot of people who are not Christians, who are not Muslims, who are not Hindu, who are not all these different faiths, but there's still a connecting point that we all connect to each other in this world. We connect in the places that we go in our life. And we see that. In, uh, and I looked up because I was trying to be a little bit researched and prepared um, faith and the force of others. And this is, from Wikipedia, all the great work that the people at Wikipedia do. Um, what is the fourth of other, force of others? To ask this, you must ask one question and a thousand. To a cultist of the Hui Tani, you must ask, what is the exhalation of the true amphibious God? To a Jedi, you must ask, what is it that binds and defines all life? To a child of the esoteric pulsar, you must ask, show me the secret pages of the Book of Stars. And then the part that I like says, to a faithless man, you must ask, what power enables prophecy and sorcery in a world controlled by logic and law? Hmm. And so we have this idea to these who, you know, the, the force agnostics like Han Solo that come and they live, you know, by the faith in their own selves and in their own dashing good looks and abilities to do the things that they can do. What power enables prophecy and sorcery? in a world that is ruled by logic and law. And we see that struggle over and over again in Star Wars because you have the Empire, which does have the Sith element, but is very much rule and structure and logic. But then it's kind of thrown a little bit into chaos by these Sith Lords who are coming in there going, we have our way and you're just here to do our bidding. Hmm. I, I think you're right. Uh, we are all... Uh, the force is, is this uniting thing. You're a part of it, whether or not you realize it or not, or, or part of it or not. Um, 
is is there is there something in our in our culture today in our galaxy that is synonymous to that mm. it's a tough question and and i'll prove <laughs> i'll prove because because now that nick has finally given me a second because he this is like do the long yoda quote uh so hang on hang on hang on let's see size matters not look at me judge me by my size do you hmm and well you should not for my force is an for my ally is the force and a powerful ally it is life creates it makes it grow its energy surrounds us and binds us luminous beings are we not this crude matter you must feel the force around you here between you uh me the tree the rock everywhere yes even between the land and the ship um and so there's a universality to the faith right so even if the tree and the rock are not conscious of the force they are contributing to the force and uh of course we when we see jen first encountered chirrut uh at uh in the temple of the force there what does he say he doesn't say the force be with you what does he say the force of others be others with be with you um mm -hmm. and so the force is everything even those who are not part of the force contribute to the force and um and kind of have that action and reaction with the force and so the question that i, I posed and and to y'all is is there something synonymous to that in our own galaxy something that is a kind of baser element to a uh, to a um because notice what comes force uh, what comes first uh, life or the force the answer is life right because uh, life creates it so the force mm -hmm. is uh is a product of life hmm. i th i tend to think um this uh, i kind of touched on the idea of secularization earlier i i you know there's um at least in the academic study of religion 30 years ago, secularization was like all the rage, you know, the religion is going away. Um, you can, you know, look at any, any developed uh, country in the world and you can see religion on the decline. And then all those people who theorized that had to take it back. Um, because in fact, as it turns out, especially in places like South America and Africa, uh, religion is just exploding specifically like Pentecostal Christianity, but even in places that are the most secularized. So the Soviet union for most of the 20th century, once that fell surveyors, religious surveyors went in to ask people about their faith, even in a place where faith was outlawed, uh, there were still remnants of, of faith. Now it looked differently than it might have otherwise, um, but uh, e even even a society built to literally kill faith <laughs> uh, could could not do it. Uh, and so, um, while there are plenty of people, I think, you know, who who don't believe in a god or, or don't believe in in a religion, I I kind of don't believe in secularization. I don't um, think it actually sort of exists. And so, in a way. Um, you, you know, we, we all make decisions on that, but, but we still live in a very enchanted world. Um, and it's maybe not as, as in an organized way as it used to be with sort of under one umbrella of Christendom, but it's, um, a uh, still a very, very religious world, a very, um, uh, a very enchanted world. So that's sort of where I see the parallel. What do you think, Nick? 
I have I have a I have a theory, but I, I'm I'm curious. Go. I want to I want to hear your theory. I, I'm here for you. So for me, uh, this kind of thing of you are part of it, whether you are whether you um, put stock in it, whether you put faith in it, is uh, for for Christians. I'd say that our version of that is the Imago Dei, the image of God, which basically states that all of humanity, uh, for, well, basically all of creation is created by God. So the rocks, the trees, the ship, the land, the 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 force that binds all of that is the creative uh, force of God. And then for us, we have this uh, thing on an, another level, which is the image of God, the Imago Dei, the fact that all of humanity, not just those who espouse to the Christian faith, but the Imago, but that all of creation has the image of God, uh, is, is, was, was created in the spirit and likeness of God. And uh, of course, different Christian denominations and sects have understanding of, of how, you know, do we still have this? Did we lose it? Or has it been corrupted? But this very much sense that um, there is the there is a, a connection among all of humanity in as much as we are all created in the image and likeness of God. And what, and what that means is for, for a person of faith, when a person of faith sees another person, regardless of their race, regardless of their creed, regardless of their gender, regardless of their orientation, regardless of anything, any of the of the barriers, artificial barriers that as humanity has erected to divide ourselves, a person of faith can can kind of drill through all of that very quickly and say, but when I see you, I see you as an image of God. And I am an image of God. And, and so there's this sense that all of this uh, that has that has been uh, erected to divide us. Um, the ship is too big. The you know the rock is too heavy. Uh, is that all of that is is uh, is secondary? Is is come later? Because at a, at our root core, we were created in the image and likeness of God, and that allows us whether you ascribe to that belief or not. Uh, for for a Christian, that is something that binds us to the larger galaxy and so uh and and so to me whenever i i hear the force i i hear that kind of understanding of you know you are connected to everything and to me the creation of the universe by god and the creation of humanity by god gives me that same kind of bond to the visible and invisible that surrounds me <laughs> yeah, church going on all of a sudden. Bringing some. Well, I want to do this if we can, just for a few minutes. We've got about 15 minutes left. Uh, I know we've still got a few folks in the chat. We've still got some people here watching. I don't know if anybody has any questions, any other comments. We've had some great comments in the chat, but we have over here this way, down in the corner, we've got our little box. Grab this spot. Um, if somebody wanted to jump in with us for a minute and had a question or a comment or something else they want to throw in here before we get done. Um, I wanted to offer that up to anybody that is watching and wants to jump on the camera with us for a minute. Uh, so let me ask this question. Who do you think has the greatest faith in Star Wars? Mm. Who has the greatest faith in Star Wars? Wow. Mm. That is tough. I'm going to... 
I'm gonna go. This this could be wrong. This is off the top of my head. I'm gonna go with Yoda. I think I think Yoda ends up uh, with with the greatest faith because he is willing to um, take on <laughs> hopeless causes. All right, um, Nick. Who do you think? We got some good goats in the chat uh, throwing out names there. Oh, Matthew. We do, and I'm gonna. Oh, all right. Uh, then I'm not going to yeah, steal what I Matthew said in the chat. And I'm going to let him do it. The two Jedi that seem to be... While he's getting in here, getting loaded up. I think there's to, an uh, for Qui-Gon. Not bad um, to... Qui-Gon feels like a lot. Having to go along in a Ahsoka. To be able to see that... Um, Y'all are both talking at the same time on my screen. The corruption of the Jedi. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the corruption of the Jedi That's right. and... Yeah. Uh, you know, Hang on. I'm, I'm, Matthew, you, you go and then Nick. Say that again, Matthew. Forward. I'll be quick. Qui-Gon, the sensitivity to know and to see where the force is leading, even if it doesn't fully make sense in light of what the Jedi have call have called for and their structures and rules, except that he can play ball when he needs to. <laughs> I do like a good oh, and he and he's gone. Nick, who who are you saying? <laughs> uh I I was gonna throw a vote out there for Qui-Gon, and I feel like Qui-Gon to a strong degree is kind of the last vestige of the original Jedi, the older school, higher Republic Jedi in their prime. Like he was the end of that because as we come into the prequels and of course we only get Qui-Gon for that first movie. But at that point, the ability of the Jedi is, you know, stuck and can't, um, you know, their vision is clouded. They can't see what's going on and we lose him. And so then we have Obi-Wan who struggles in his faith you know, not only with the Jedi, but in the things that he was entrusted to do with his master. But I feel like Qui-Gon was on it. And I think Qui-Gon's ability to be as close as he was to Yoda, to kind of been imparted with the forced ghostification that they talk about. Um, I think he was very faithful as a Jedi, very true to true to what the Jedi order was supposed to be. I'm going to, I think Qui-Gon, in my opinion, best Jedi ever. Uh, I think that when Qui-Gon was knocking around, the Jedi had faith. The Jedi had faith in themselves. And I think Qui-Gon had faith in the Force. So that goes back right. to just because there's faith doesn't mean that it's placed in the right uh, place. Uh, it, it's put in the right place. Um, and so uh, I, I think Qui-Gon trusted in the Force. Um, and in fact, he, he says that, I think he says that at least once or twice to Obi-Wan, trust in the Force, Obi-Wan. And whereas the Jedi are very much putting trust in themselves. And and um, so, I, I mean, I, I think that Qui-Gon is, is one of the greatest Jedi ever. Um, and another great Claudia Gray Master and Apprentice book, uh, I think just kind of elevates uh, that even, even having the trust that he has in Obi-Wan, even as rebellious as Obi-Wan is in that, in that book. Um, but I don't know the greatest. I think he's the greatest Jedi. I don't know if he has the greatest faith. Uh, definitely Luke is up there, even though he loses uh, faith, but he regains it uh, in a kind of a and that was slapsticky way. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that was that was going to be maybe my counterpoint question to who has the most faith. Who over the course of the Star Wars saga maybe struggled the most? with their faith. And I think there's certainly a vote to be made for Luke, because when we find Luke, 
he doesn't have the Jedi. I know the Jedi. I know the Force. It, you know, crazy old Ben's an old wizard out beyond the Dune Sea. And then his faith grows in these, I mean, it grows quickly because he's thrown in, into all of this, but it starts out as early as this crazy old man that rescued me in the mountains that I've known for two days. He dies. He started to teach me this thing. His ghostly voice tells me to turn off my targeting computer right before I'm about to do the biggest thing I've ever done in my life. Like he steps out, steps out, steps out, but then you're right. He loses that faith. And we see that in his arc in this sequel trilogy. Are there other bigger losses of faith or a faith journey or arc comparable to his? Uh, Matthew says Admiral Mahdi, his lack of faith was disturbing. Um, his lack of faith was definitely disturbing. Yeah, uh, the, the chat brought up uh, Padme <laughs> losing her faith and Anakin and passing away from that. I still, uh, <laughs> I, I still, mm, that's uh, a big one. That's, that's a big uh, one. I still might skip through that a little bit, um, that scene. Uh, but um, uh, um, you know, I, I think I think Anakin Skywalker um, and and Vader. I mean, we see him have a change of faith constantly, right? Mm -hmm. um, uh, please see my first comment. Okay, okay, I'm, I'll go back and, and look <laughs> at that. Uh, yes, faith, Padme did have a face in humanity, and and mm -hmm. I, I think that we can see her faith. Uh, kind of shaken to the core as she's in the Senate chamber and the empire is created and she looks around at, at and says, so this is how democracy dies it, with thunderous applause. This kind of thing be better than this. Um, and, and just completely, uh, I, I think, yeah, I think we constantly see Padme losing faith. We see her losing faith in, in the galaxy and in the love of her life. Uh, and it is heartbreaking. I, I just don't know if someone dies of, of heartbreak, but, um, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm going well, to comment example, on that one. <laughs> I think another example, if I can throw it out there for a minute, maybe, I mean, there's, there's a struggle and a loss of faith on some level. Um, the faith journey of Ahsoka to me is so strong and, as being somebody who was an open era that like Clone Wars wasn't really my thing until later after it was over with and I went back and revisited it. But in the beginning of those episodes that I saw, she was just this young whiny kid and Sky Guy and all these things. Oops. But she eventually she eventually leaves the Jedi Order of her own choosing because she lost faith in a system that lost faith in her and Ooh. didn't stand by her in a moment when she struggled. And she leaves, but she eventually comes back and she says, she says, I'm not a Jedi, but she's still clearly a person of faith in the force, faith in people. We see that in this last, you know, episodes in the newest Clone Wars arc and what she does in Rebels and the way, you know, that wraps up and you have this new faith leader. Um, I think her journey is really, really exciting and I think has covers a lot of those bases. And I've heard a few people like, how, is, can, how can she be, uh, you know, who, how can Ahsoka not be a Jedi and all this stuff? And, and, and I think the answer is, and, and Nick kind of just said it, she didn't put her faith in the Jedi. She had, she had, she had, had her faith broken with them, uh, or they broke it with her. She put her faith in the Force. Uh, uh, Luigi brought up Asajj Ventress, very interesting faith journey there. I'd even say Count Dooku had an interesting faith journey as uh, Count of Serrano or Sereno. But we got five minutes, Nick. I see. I think we should do end it on a high, funny note. Who comedically <laughs> has the worst placement of faith 
in the whole saga. <laughs> like, why did you put faith there? I got a good one. I think um, I, I think I've got. Well, it. Well, I have I have one too. And if I steal yours, I'm sorry. But I feel like it has to be Padme putting faith in Jar Jar to go into the the Galactic Senate and vote on her behalf. Okay, Padme putting faith into Jar Jar. I do want to. Kareem put out. I think Chirrut is probably up in the top five of most faithful people. Chirrut's faith Absolutely. in both the Force and Chirrut's faith in Bays. Uh, Lane, worst faith placement in the whole Star Wars saga. I think it was John of the Hutt's uh, faith in those chains. Excellent. Like You win. I mean, you, you know, like, the, like those were going to work. All right, yeah. tonight. My choice. What about yours? Is the Gungan leadership's faith to put Jar Jar as a general in the Battle of Naboo? <laughs> yep. Yep. We, we at, saw that play out in real time on the screen. At, at no point did he do anything there like, yeah, that's that's the guy we need leading our army. Uh, but no, I, I, so, so we will say two poor placements of faith in Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> Although... Before we get into yeah, Jar Jar hating, before we get into Jar Jar hating, uh, Ahmed Best, amazing actor, new new Star amazing, Wars, very amazing uh, uh, show. Uh, we, we're not we're not Ahmed Best uh, bashing. Also, first CGI not character Jar Jar, all this stuff. Not at all. Not not doing that. But I'm just saying, <laughs> shouldn't have been a general. Shouldn't have been a senator. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> absolutely. Well, um, well, I'm going to do this. We've just got about three minutes left and I want to start circling us in so we can land on time. I want to shout out John again, our producer, John, Yes. Uh, for keeping us up to date in the chat, keeping us on time, keeping all, all the, the technological things going. Um, I want to thank the organizers of Force Fest. This has been so much fun for us. Uh, I really enjoyed all the different panels and things that I got to see today. I look forward to checking out more of them tomorrow. Uh, I want to encourage you to donate to Make-A-Wish. I know John hopefully can put that link up one more time if you missed it earlier. Such a worthy organization, such a great thing to support, a great opportunity to be a part of that and to be in support of that. And also, and I didn't say this up top, Get Vocal, the platform that we are using tonight, they are making a 33% match on all the donations mm -hmm. that are made throughout the, course the, blue, of the Force Fest this weekend. I saw an update earlier today that they were already well over $500 just in the first part of the day. So I'm excited about that. I want to thank Lane for joining us tonight. I thank you for taking some time to, to get involved in this and bring all your wisdom and smartness to it. Um, Steve, thank you for being here. We wish both of you journeys, excellent journeys and faith journeys with your studies and schooling. Nearly $1,700 uh, raised. Did you see that? Oh, wow. $1,700. Excellent update. It's like the tote board. It's like a telethon. Yeah, awesome. um, <laughs> yeah. And if you want to check us out, we are Podcast of the Wills. You can find us on most all of your podcast areas, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Outcast, over, not Outcast, Overcast. Um, <laughs> we're out there. We have, we have Outcast. We'll join up with Outcast and come on yeah. the show. Um, Check us out. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at Will's Pod on Twitter. We try to keep a pretty active Twitter presence. And we thank all of y'all for joining us in the chat, for joining the panel and being here with us. We had a lot of fun. And I will say, may the Force Fest be with you. Always. <laughs>